And welcome back to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. Of course, Ford Taylor, let's talk, my brother. Hello, Mr. P.W. Williams. How are you today, sir? Good. Life is good, my friend. Life is good. I'm so glad to hear that. Always love doing these with you. You're so good at it. You make it so easy for me. Thank you for doing that. Uh, you're welcome, Ford. I uh, received a text from a, a peer today that said, uh, loves the podcast, uh, really enjoys uh, using the TL tools, but, and you know, whenever we hear but, we, but TL in general, he said, feels like soft skills and he doesn't see where it could impact or would impact his bottom line. I knew you would love to answer that. By the way, I told him I'm not responding to his text because I was sure that you would want to devote an entire episode to that statement. You know, P.W., this is one of my favorite questions in the whole wide world. So let's do this. Did he give you any specifics or was it just a question? It was a statement. It wasn't a question. It, it, was, a st it was purely a statement. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people, when they when they think of TL, they do think of it as the soft side. Uh, I would encourage them maybe to go on my website and look at some of the testimonials, you know, how profits are up 58%, turnovers down in half. Um, I, I think if they heard some of our clients and their testimonials, they would clearly hear uh, this isn't just about the soft side. Uh, one of my favorite stories is I had a client one year and we were taking them through the live training. And uh, at the end of the three days, uh, the client called me and he was very upset with me. I mean, even to the point of using words that I don't use, let me have it. Uh, don't you ever bring up stories like that again. This is all about work. This isn't about marriage. This isn't about family. And I said, great, won't do it anymore. What else? And he gave me a couple other. I said, great, won't do it. What else? Great, won't do it. What else? Anyway, so... We came back the next month and, you know, we opened the, the morning with, let's talk about the things we learned last month, what works, what didn't work. And first guy raised his hand. He stood up. He had about 40 of his executives in the room and he stood up. He goes, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate the stories that you told about your family and your marriage. He said, I went home and I applied this stuff in, in my marriage and I cannot tell you the difference and how much it's improved. And the amazing part is my boss noticed within two weeks how much more productive I was here at work than I was at home. So the first three or four people that stood up that morning, they all talked about how much more productive they were at work because these tools work so well at home as well as at work. And, you know, one of the things we also talk about is your language. You know, we talk about leadership being influence, uh, influence up, across, down, influence with ourselves. And as you know, PW, I believe we have influence with God. But we, we talk about it being influence. And one of the things we say is if you're really careful with your language, and one way to, to grow your influence to set yourself apart is to use words that aren't cussing because people will notice that you don't use them because you will be different than what the culture says. And that was one of the things he got on to me about bringing up in the class. Well, as soon as all these family things happened, the next guy stood up and said, you know, I went back and we agreed in our office that we weren't going to cuss for 30 days. And within two weeks, 
my whole team came in my office and told me how much they appreciated how much better the environment was and and what he found was the trust went up because he had stopped doing that and said he was going to stop and again the next two or three managers talked about how they'd done the same thing well afterwards the the ceo of the company came up to me at the next break he goes well i guess you're going to tell me i told you so i said well i can't tell you i told you so because i didn't tell you so you told me not to do it and i told you i wouldn't do it anymore so i didn't tell you that you were wrong i just said okay you're the boss you're hiring me i'm your consultant he goes, well, I think you ought to go ahead and tell whatever stories you want because it definitely makes a difference. And so, you know, one of the, you know, when we talk about uh, building a high performing team, uh, you know, we talk about two things, healthy relationships and high individual performers. It takes both of those things. And so a lot of the stuff we talk about in TL, some of it's around policies, processes, systems, increasing sales, you know, lowering operating expenses, reducing your inventory. I mean, we talk about that kind of thing. We haven't talked a lot of it on here, but it's funny that, you know, we talk about the first stage of building a team is casting vision. And once you cast the vision, you, you, you talk about why you cast it and what you're willing to do that others may not be willing to do to achieve that vision. Well, once you have that, now you put specific goals and objectives in place with strategies and action steps. And so when you start putting those things in place, they just make you more profitable. But if you think a vision is, is all it's about, then you might think it's all soft. But the truth is, you know, we call it VPM, Vision, Purpose, Mission, and OSA, Objective Strategies Action Plan. Well, a VPM without an OSA is still just a VPM. You know, a vision without a strategy is still just a vision. But, you know, we say to do that in stage one, along with things like resolve conflict, know how to hold a meeting, you know, because we teach people this waddle model in a meeting. And what happens is when we use that model, everybody in the meeting gets engaged. Well, when everybody's engaged, you have a lot more brain power to make hard business decisions. Uh, but anyway, so in this stage one, <clears throat> you know, we talk about it, it being visionary and that trust is built. Well, it's interesting years now we've been teaching this. And, uh, you know, one of the uh, leadership gurus, Stephen Covey, you know, his company did some research and they compared high trust environments to low trust environments. And, and of course, we now use his research years after we've been teaching this stuff to let people know the impact of doing these kinds of things have on your business. And, and when you see the numbers, the difference in how productive an organization is, when they have this kind of environment, you know, I think people, when they see the actual numbers, they don't say this is just all soft. Just let me give you a couple of those statistics. You ready? Uh, high trust versus low trust. 74% less stress in that organization. Well, I'm pretty sure 74% less stress means the brain stays bigger because there's not anxiety and the epinephrine's not going off. Therefore, they're not operating with pea brains. And if they have less stress, guess what? They're just smarter. And if they're smarter, they make better decisions. 106% more energy. How would you like to have double the energy in your organization? 50% higher productivity. Think about that. 50% wow. higher productivity by just building trust. 76% more engagement. 40% less burnout. And so when people say to us, this all seems soft. Uh, well, you know what? The numbers say that it, that it goes far, far, far beyond just the soft. 
Uh, and again, even that research that someone else did, all we're doing is sharing it, uh, just proves that when you do these things and you build that kind of trust on your team, what happens to the productivity, uh, the engagement, the energy around the company. So love that question. Um, and if I felt that way, I probably wouldn't use it. Uh, but I think if they looked at the results, they probably would give it a shot. Ford, I believe uh, without a doubt that someone to make that statement, really it's two things. A, they don't understand the true genesis, the effects, the cause. They haven't, they haven't really engaged with the material. Or two, they're stuck. You know, as you, as you find uh, in your travels when you work with organizations, some of these CEOs are just stuck. I mean, this is a clear winner for organizations that choose to engage. But a lot of your constraints that you run a, that that you run into or you experience are at the top almost every time. Well, you know, in my first career, as you know, we bought broken companies that were about to go bankrupt. Uh, we'd go in, we'd turn them around put a management team in place, and then go buy another one. I do find it interesting that in every company we ever bought, only one position had to be changed. And in every case, it was the president or the CEO or the owner. Uh, you know, as we were growing that company years ago, um, we were outgrowing. As you know, it became the number one in our industry uh, in America. And as that was happening, uh, the place where I went to school, where I went for business management, uh, I'd helped another company that was in trouble and they called the other company and said, what did you do? And they said, well, we called that guy over there doing that t-shirt business that's building those huge buildings. And uh, they gave us a, some hints on what they were doing. And so we met with those professors and we shared with them the kinds of things we were doing. And they said, that'll never work. And so, you know, as we were continuing to grow and, and our competition was going out of business, we just kind of smile and say, okay, we're good with it not working. Uh, and so it, it doesn't bother me at all when I hear these comments. Uh, and, I, and I say to people that if what you're doing is working, you know, if you're as profitable as you can be, uh, if your marriage is as good as it can be, if you've got great relationships with your children, you know, your next door neighbors love you, uh, your employees look forward to coming to work every morning. I mean, they want to be at work. They enjoy being there. Uh, if all that's going on, I absolutely 100% would say you you don't need any of this stuff. And so I wouldn't I wouldn't even give it a chance. I mean, I wouldn't even try it if you've got all that going on because I it probably mess you up. And so so if somebody's got that, I would agree with them. This is probably not the right answer for them. Board one of the TL fundamentals is uh, organizational change never occurs until personal change occurs, and I think. That's the hardest part for some of the leaders. Um, they look down. You know, my people are this. My employees are this. My, uh, my team is this. And really, it's hard for them to take a look at the mirror and say, man, because when I heard that, that was a game changer for me. That was a light bulb. And once I knew the definition of an organization, and once I knew that that was really every sphere that I walked in, was an organization and that I had influence in those organizations. But first for me to experience the influence that I was uh, destined to have, I had to change personally. And I think that's really 
I mean, it's hard to get to third base, slide in head first if you can't get to first base. Yeah, you got to hit the ball first, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things we teach uh, is gold rats theory of constraints, and we teach part of it. And of course, you know, we could spend weeks just on that. Uh, but but when we show people how to solve the constraints and these tools that we teach are actually a part of showing them how to do it, as you know, uh, you're not you, you know you're. Well, you know, one of my quotes is no organization can move beyond the constraints of its leader and no organization can move beyond the constraints of its policies, processes, systems or procedures. Well, the leadership writes those. So it basically goes back to the leader. But but when you're when you're focused on removing constraints and the definition of a constraint is uh, to put it in its simplest form, it's the it's the biggest problem. Uh, you'll find that so much of what we deal with all day at work or at home are actually symptoms of the constraint, but because we, it's too uncomfortable. And sometimes those constraints are personal and sometimes they're operational, the way we put it, relational or transactional. But if you're willing to, to remove the actual constraint, whether it's in a leader or the leader themselves, or whether it's in a process, a system, a piece of equipment and operation that when you're whatever it is if you're willing to to remove the biggest one so many of the fires that we put all, all day around us those fires just go away because they're symptoms of the big one so you're right and we found often that that is the leader more often than not that is what we find and as you know even in my own life with all that success you know when you look from the outside in you saw a lot of success in business but when i started applying these tools you know, in my own personal life, in my marriage, uh, I found that I, I have a really, really good marriage and got great relationships with my kids. So it wasn't just business. I mean, I, I saw these work in all these spheres. So. Well, we're talking about soft skills. We're talking about the the impact of the transformational leadership tools uh, on organizations, uh, just to bring maybe a listener came in a little bit late, but uh, the question was, or the comment was, they felt the TL tools were more on the soft side and did not impact the bottom line. Ford, we have a mutual friend uh, who won't mind us choosing his name, Dan McNeil. He's, uh, he's a dear friend. He's, uh, I've known him a, a very long time. And he's launched several businesses and Without a doubt, he wouldn't even think about planning a new business or a division without implementing these tools from day one. And he was not always a believer, as they say. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I love Dan. And as a matter of fact, if it, if it weren't for Dan, we probably would not be doing uh, the worldwide stuff that we're doing. Because as you know, I was a consultant for Dan years ago. And one day he he closed the door to the office and he said, I want to ask you a question because he knew that I was also working on, you know, working with governments and city reaching and pastures and different groups. And, and he closed the door and I'd been working with him for about 18 months and his company was approximately six times larger in sales, but 10 times more profitable than it was when we started. And so he closed the door and he, he asked me, he said, when you've owned companies or consulted, how often do you get these kinds of results? And I kind of squeamishly said, every time. And he said, then I want to challenge you why 
you're not using this beyond just companies. Why are you not using in your city reaching and all these other places? And of course, because of my background and my history, of the mistakes I'd made in my marriage. And at that time, Sandra had not given me permission to share a lot of those things because we were still going through our healing process. I said to him, you know, if those leaders really knew who I was, they would never listen to me. But he's the one that actually taught me to bring in 30 people into a room and giving them all a legal pad and a pen and basically doing a leadership brain dump uh, over a six-month period, uh, basically a day a month. And at the end of it, the, the feedback was pretty crazy. And so we did that two or three more times. Then someone came and built a PowerPoint and a manual. And yeah, but Dan, yeah, he, uh, yeah. And we've had Dan on the show, so we ought to have him back again. Because Dan, th this is not how he operated his business, uh, not even close. And he would say that. Yeah. He did. He also saw the results. Ford, as we wrap this episode, can you make a clear distinction on when the people change? The ROI has to change. The profitability will automatically change. I mean, that is so in your experience, let's use a one to 10. How much, it, how much of the success uh, that you've experienced working with companies and organization is changing the people? And then how much of it is changing a process, a procedure, uh, identifying a constraint that really unlocks a company and lets them go to the next level people or process which one how much of each that, that's really a tricky question because ultimately it's people 100 percent of the time because if i go into a company and all those turnarounds right sure i had to fix the processes the the flow of the equipment uh, how they handled their customers i mean all that had to be fixed right i mean those are business decisions how they price their product but who did all that that was the people and so ultimately, it all comes down, uh, it all comes down 100% of the time, it comes down to the leadership. And so, uh, but yeah, so sometimes you might have to go in and focus on cash flow first before you can get to the people. And before you can get to teaching the tools, you got you to gotta save the company first. Uh, and of course, that was back when I was just doing turnarounds. But if you want to improve the company, it doesn't have to be a saved company. But if you want to improve the profit margin, you want to reduce the inventory um, buildup, you want to reduce the operational expenses, you want to in, increase that gap, you know, we call throughput, that gap between operational expenses and inventory and sales. If you want to keep increasing that gap, making it bigger and bigger, it's going to come down to the people, how they work together, how they make decisions. Uh, if they're screaming and yelling at each other, they're not going to make as good decisions as they are if they're in a room I mean, this is just pure statistics. It's not, it's not soft. I mean, it's, it's statistically proven. So that's what it comes down to. Some more gold nuggets from my friend, Ford Taylor. Ford, uh, a big thank you to our subscribers, our listeners. Uh, we love the feedback that we get. Uh, we're trying to do something uh, different. We're trying to give people uh, tools, practical and uh, implementable that they can uh, hopefully happen upon us uh, on a drive or on a walk or sitting in their office and uh, and take those out and, and really impact uh, their spheres of influence and make them better people, but more importantly, make them better leaders. Yeah, PW, that's what we're all about. You know, a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> I spoke at a conference three different times. And when the conference was over, the conference leader got up and 
<clears throat> excuse me, he got up and, and he said, get back up here. He said, not one time did you share the resources that you have, you know, so get up here and tell people how to find out more about what you do. And uh, so I did that because he asked me to, because as you know, even on this show, we don't promote a lot of that stuff. And then when I finished, he goes, or you can all go on the podcast and get it for free. And then he went on to say that if you do that, it's going to take a long time compared to, you know, whether you read the book or it was just really cute to hear him come up or, or, or do the online platform or have us in your company. But it was just cute to hear him say, or just listen to the podcast. So thank you for doing this with me, PW. There are people that don't want to, to go through the stuff all at once. They like getting it this way. And it's a lot of fun. And, and for me, as you know, uh, as soft as we want to say love is, we can say it's as soft as we want. And it is soft. Uh, we don't do it to make more money. We don't do it to make our marriages better. We don't do it for our friendships to improve. Uh, we don't do it for that reason. We do it because it's the right thing to do. And that alone makes it a soft skill. But what we found is that when we do it that way, uh, our influence goes up. And when our influence goes up, transformation takes place. And the outcome is our marriages are better, our company's more profitable, and our families are better. So I'm not gonna give up on it. I still say love, influence, transform. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com. Thank you.